0: About our dream it's too costly, and that 's why many of us don't start that's why many of us don't do what we need to do today we're going to talk about the price of your dream because it's important for you to know your dream is going to cost you your dream is going to cost you. so this will be one of those messages where we're going to tell the truth about the cost of your dream. you know it's easy. Wish, wishful thinking is easy, easy to just think, to just imagine, and to enjoy. But if you're really going to be a dreamer, you must be willing to pay the price. Praise the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today because your word is life. Your word is full of grace. Your word is full of power. And we ask you will release that word today in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that your word will come with its full power, with its full intent. I pray that your word will minister. Your word will break every chain. Your word will come like fire and consume every chaff. I pray that your word will be released here with its full power. And your people will be blessed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we put our hands together? It's been an awesome, awesome service. Sometimes this service goes so great, so smooth, I'm scared to come out. Just afraid that I'm going to mess it up. All right, that is one of those services today. Wasn't that a wonderful time of worship? Can you just put our hands together? Just ask your friend if they missed worship. Ask them, did you miss the time of worship? If they say yes, just said I'm so sorry, so sorry for you. I'm so sorry for you. Amen. We should not miss time of worship. Uh, you know why? It is really the time, the most important time of the service. And I'm saying that frankly. I'm not saying that to just make the worship team look good or to make you, you know, I'm saying that because that is the truth. That is the only time of worship that is directed to God. All right? That's the only time that God enjoys. That's, the, that's, that's his best time. That is the only time that is meant for him. You know, every other part of the worship is meant for us. God doesn't need our announcement. We don't need to remind him of our programs, right? You know, God doesn't need my preaching. You know, God doesn't need to improve. He doesn't need to change anything about himself. So I'm not preaching so that God can be more faithful, more holy, more, you know, whatever, more omnipotent, you know, more whatever, you know, we can improve God. You know, the message is here for us, right? In fact, he's the one speaking to us. You know, we don't need to pray for God to be whatever, to be blessed. You know, we need to be blessed. So the rest of the service is for us. One part of the service that is meant for God is that time of worship, all right? That is where it is for him. And ultimately, it's the person that I must enjoy. You know, even if we enjoy the worship, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Right? We don't need to even enjoy the worship as long as God enjoys it. Amen. As long as he accepts it. And that's why we must all clamor here. We must be here 10 minutes before 10, 5 minutes before 10, because that is really why you are here. All right? It is very important. It is over time that this has changed that people think, Oh, the message is the greatest time of worship. So people in their mind are just trying to meet, meet the message time. That's why the fullest time of the service is five minutes before the message. Right? Because most people just figure, you know, if I can meet the message, I've met the service. Sorry, you missed the service if you missed the worship. Praise the name of Jesus. I'm hoping this will encourage you and change your mindset a little bit. You know, let's be more intentional about our t- the time of worship. Amen. All right, so we started our message today. This is part three. In case you haven't been here in the last week or two weeks, you met us in the middle of a conversation that we started two weeks ago. And uh, we titled it, Dreaming Your Way to Success, or Dream Your Way to Success. And in part one, we talk about the God kind of dream. Uh, And, uh, you know, the scripture that, you know, we've really focused on is Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. God has made, I want all of us to read it together, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. Can we all read it together? It's on the screen. By faith, it's on the screen. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) All right. So can we all read it together? Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to the end. God has planted eternity in our heart. The word eternity is the future. He has planted the future in the heart of everyone. God's plan, God's vision, God's idea, he has decided to partner with every one of us. He has planted that in our hearts, and many people don't even see the scope of it. We're going to read another scripture that we've talked about. Is Matthew 6.21. Matthew 6.21. Let's read that together also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. All right? God's dream is in your heart and is a treasure that God has put in your heart. It's God's plan for your life. And we've been talking about that, that. God has put a dream in every person's heart. You see, your dream is not necessarily your job or your career. You know, not necessarily, you know, most times it will be a tool that takes you to your dream. Uh, what you do now might not be the dream, but generally we should be faithful doing that because a lot of time is a stepping stone to that. Your dream is not necessarily your gift. Otherwise, I said David will be a singer, right? David, you know, his, God's dream for him was to be a king, but worship and singing was a tool. In fact, it was it really the link. It is what got him to the palace. You know, so it's important to know that there is a dream in your heart that God has put there, and it's why you are here, you know, and that is why you are here. And it's very important to know that God is in the business of fulfilling his dreams. I want you to turn to your neighbor and remind them God is in the business of fulfilling his dreams. For those of you who have given up on your dream, your dream still is too good to be true, it's too daunting, it's too costly, you just don't see it, things have happened in the course of your life, you know, that has made, you know, just look at it, look impossible. I want you to know that God is in the business. You know, and a lot of time, if you're faithful, your dream will come to pass even when you don't know it, even when you were not expecting it. Joseph's dream eventually came to pass at the worst time of his life. You know, when you, you know, it just didn't look like it was going to happen. Somehow it happened. So please don't give up on your dream because God put it there. And God is not a man that he should lie. He's not a son of man that he should repent. He doesn't change his mind. The Bible says in Numbers 23 verse 19, as he said it, will he not do? Or as he's spoken, will he not make it good? God makes good on his promise. Is a faithful God. So it doesn't matter what has happened to you, how people have hindered you, how life has shaped, you know, in a very different form. Things have happened that you didn't expect, you know, maybe in your marriage, in your career. It just looks like life has thrown everything negative on you or at you that makes your dream impossible. I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you. Don't give up on your dream. Hallelujah. And last week, we talked about how to kill the dream killers before they kill your dream. We talked about some dream killers that come to kill our dream. We talked about how the enemy come to steal dreams. Dreams are like babies, right? The most important figures in the Bible, two most important figures in the Bible, you know, the enemy attempted to kill them while they were still babies. Because it's easy to kill God's purpose when they were still babies. Once there was still a dream. Dreams are easier to kill than actual realization of dreams. Because once the dream comes to pass, you know, it's very difficult for the enemy to stop it. And that's why he would do everything in his power. Now that it's still a dream in your heart to squash it, to kill it, to destroy it. But by God's grace, you have been empowered to kill the dream killers before they kill your dream. Amen. Amen. And we told you it's going to take courage. It's going to take you believing in your dream. I mean, we look at that a lot. We look at the and the mother of Moses. How she took courageous step, right, to save the life of her son because she knew by faith this child is worth saving. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, "Your dream is worth saving." Worth saving. Hallelujah. So today we're going to look at. You know, the price of your dream. Because it is very important to know dream is a wonderful thing. But real dreamers dream with every intention of making the dream to come to pass. You know, and it's your responsibility to make sure they come to pass. Dream is costly. What is free is wishful thinking. Hallelujah. But true dreamers know their, their dream is important. And they are fully prepared to pay the price, no matter how costly. They are fully prepared to do whatever it takes to make their dream come true. You know, one of the most uh, shocking statements of Jesus is where we read this morning in Luke chapter 14, verse 25. Actually, verse 26. Large crowds were f- traveling with Jesus. And Jesus turned to them in verse 26 and he said if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother wife children brothers and sisters yet even their own life such a person cannot be my disciple you can't be my follower Jesus needed to make people to see that it is costly to follow him all right he needed to let him let them know that it is costly It's not going to be rosy. It's not going to be, you know, kumbaya. It's not going to be, you know, everything is fine and dandy. You know, it is, if you really want to be my disciple, you know, if you just don't want to be, uh, you know, people who are spectators. You know, many people just come to church, they follow God as spectators. You know, they're just here. They're just there. They just know. But if you really want to follow, if if you don't just want to spectate, if you want to follow, Jesus told them, it is going to cost you. It is going to cost you. In fact, he he continued to say, look, if we want to build a tower, suppose any one of you want to build a tower, won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. So it's important to know that your dream is going to cost you. I'll share some few facts about your dream. If your dream is truly from God, which I believe it is, everybody has an eternity in their heart. Everybody has something that God has put in your heart. Your dream might be ministry-related, it might be mission-related, it might be business-related, it might be your career, it might be family, it might be to write a book. It, might, it is to make a difference. God, you're not just here by accident, all right? Even if you were not planned by your parents, God planned you. You know, there can be accidental parents. There cannot be an accidental child. No child is by accident. Parents can be by accident, all right? (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, so it's important. So you're not here by accident. God planned you. God knew you. God knew you were coming. And there have been so many unplanned people who have been, who have gone out to do great things. Hallelujah. And, you know, that's you. You know, God has put a dream in your heart. But it's important for you to know as you go forward that your dream will cost you a lot. It will cost you a lot. In fact, if you really want to follow your dream, it will cost you sooner than you think. And it will cost you higher than you think. There's a price to pay if you really want to achieve your dream. Your dream is going to stretch you. It's good for you to know. It's easy to just... You know, just sit down and imagine how things were supposed to be, how things are going to be, how lovely, how great, how amazing it's going to be. But there is going to be a price to pay. If you're going to follow your dream, it's going to stretch you. It's going to make you uncomfortable. It's going to make you fearful. In fact, in, the, in Hebrews chapter 11, when the Bible was talking about heroes of faith, in one, in one of the verses there, it talks about Noah. And he said, by faith, Noah moved with fear. All right? That Noah was afraid, but he still moved by faith because it was a daunting task to build the ark. All right? Your dream is going to stretch you. It's going to make you uncomfortable. It's going to make you fearful. But you know, if you think your dream is costly, just think about the cost of not pursuing your dream." Just think about it. The cost of not pursuing your dream is greater. The real price you pay is really not pursuing your dream. That's the real price. You know, I remember Zig Ziglar. I used to enjoy listening to him a lot. One of the great, he's late now, he died a couple of years ago. uh, Great motivational speaker. He was introduced to me, by the way, by Dr. Tunde years ago. I don't know if you remember Dr. Tunde. You know, so you know, you go go listen to this guy several years ago. I bought his cassette and I started to listen to him. One of the statements he made is you do not pay the price of success. You enjoy the price of success. You don't pay the price of success. You enjoy the price of success. It's important to know that the real price is the price of not pursuing your dream. So please make sure. You do whatever you've got to make sure you fulfill your dream. But you know something that I think about also—that the price of your dream, most time, most times, even in your wildest dream, might actually not be as much as expected. You see, most time, when we we our mind has a way of magnifying the price. All right, and that's why many of us don't even start. You know, you remember the video, They look at the cost of the tuition, right? To do a master's degree, a doctorate degree, or do whatever. You know, many people look at those websites, they look at that, they look at, you know, the cost of going to school, and they they just say, where is that going to come from? Who is going to pay for this? You know, who is going to do this? How is this ever going to happen? I'm not going to do this. But you know that most times when you set your mind doing them, when you begin to do the work that is needed, you find out that most people don't pay that actual cost. You know that, right? Most people. What I found out, most people never really pay that. Somehow it happened. But, the, you know, but those prices sometimes are designed to scare away a lot of people. All right? You look at acceptance rates of school, you say, you know, it's, only, it's just 3% and people don't apply. Right? Isn't that what happened? You go read, really, I mean, what's the acceptance rate? Oh, only 3%, <laughs> three Who's going to out of, and they say, oh, about so, so, so 1,000 people apply, and only four or five people got into the program. You know, I was talking to someone yesterday who was talking about, you know, applying for a program in Canada. I said, oh, only four people get accepted to this program every year. And I said, well, one of those four can be you. Why not you? Right? Why not you? It's very important for you to really think like that. Why not me? Instead of saying, why me? Why not me? You know, it could be you. So it is important that if you really think about it very well, the price might not be as great as your mind makes it to be. But it's important to know that there's a price anyway. All right? A dream without work is a daydream. And the fact is, are you willing to pay the price? I want you to turn to your neighbor. Are you willing to pay the price for your dream? Also let them know that it's worth the price. Your dream is worth the price. Your dream is worth pursuing. That's my message for you. Your dream is worth pursuing. Don't give it up. It is worth pursuing. God put it in your heart. You know, God planted that in your heart. It is worth for you. It is worth it. Give it all that you have. You have only one life to live. Spend that life pursuing your dream. When I was a growing, you know, growing boy, you know, early in my Christian years, one of the messages that went around the world, very, very popular, was a message by Miles Monroe, who is late now. And he talked about the richest place on earth is in the cemetery. You know, that's the richest place. And we always try to think, you know, where is the richest place on Earth in terms of mineral resources? You know, know, many people think of, obviously, a lot of countries in Africa, Congo, all these countries, you know, who have a lot of resources, or Saudi Arabia with oil, you know. But, you know, he said the richest place is in the Cemetery because that's where you have a lot of dreams that never became a reality. A lot of businesses that never became a business. A lot of books never written. You know, a lot of movies that were never produced. A lot of great things that God planted in people's heart, and they went to the grave with it. My question for you is, do you want to contribute to the wealth of the graveyard? I hope you're not willing to. I hope you're not willing to go to the grave with your dream. And I want to challenge you, don't go to the grave with your dream. Life will not be worth living, you know, pursuing a different dream than God has put in your heart. You know, it's like going to an exam and answering a different question. You know, it doesn't matter how how, how great your answer is, right? (laughs) You know, I once did an exam where I misinterpreted the question. You know, I misinterpreted the question. You know, it was a trick question. I mean, I've I've done all these test questions. You know how you do practice text question, practice, practice. You know, when I got to the exam, they I think they put not in there, <laughs> and as soon I saw it, I said, "Wow, God is good." <laughs> the same question I've practiced over and over. I jump and I I did the thing. And after the exam I was talking with my friends talking about the question and I realized oh my god <laughs> you don't want your life to be like that when you meet him that you spent your life pursuing something different than what you were not what you than what you were meant here for hallelujah So I'm going to talk about four things four prices you must pay for your dream Four prices you must pay. Four, four, four. Number one is the price of due diligence. You see, many people don't fulfill their dream because they don't do their due diligence. Due diligence is the prep work to fulfill your dream. You see, due diligence is what makes us to know the price of our dream. Due diligence is very, very important if you are going to fulfill your dream. see, due diligence belongs to people who are studious. actually. People who can search. People who can find out. You know, many people don't do their due diligence. And therefore, they start their dream, and they don't finish. A lot of people who don't do their due diligence get crushed along the way because they didn't do their diligence. Many people are guilty of presumption or assumption. You know, just, just assume. Because they feel so great about a the dream, they, are, they just feel so, you know, they have some goose pimples when they think about their dream, when they think about buying a house, you know, when they think of becoming a doctor, becoming a nurse, becoming a nurse, becoming an accountant. When they think about that, they just see how, how good he feels. You see, many people walk to church, they see the pastor, everybody's clapping for the pastor, he's speaking, everybody's, you know, he makes it look so easy. They say, you know, I want to become a pastor. They don't do their due diligence. You know, I want to be anointed like that. And they realize that very soon, it is, they realize very quickly, you know, when they get into it, that is much more difficult because they don't do their due diligence. So that's what Jesus was actually asking the disciples to do. He wanted, them to, he wanted to do their due diligence for them. He wanted them to count the cost, you know, and that's what he wanted. He didn't want them to misinterpret or misread the cost. And that's why he said, you know what, it's going to cost you some self-denial, right? It's going, there's going to be some self-denial involved. So if God has put a dream in your heart, you owe yourself some due diligence. And it's easy to do due diligence, you know, if you're going to just listen, if you're going to talk to enough people. All right, if God has put a dream in your heart, go find people who have walked that journey. Go find them and talk to them. You know, there are people who have walked the journey, who have written books. We live in the age of knowledge, yet many of us still don't pursue it. You know, many of us still don't use our mind, our share. We live in that age. We live in the age when you can talk to people. You know, before this church started, I did a lot of due diligence. I did a lot of due diligence. And in my due diligence, I realized most of the things I thought I have learned as a minister, as whatever in church, were really wrong. Were actually how not to do church. How not to do church? You'll be shocked. How not to do it? So I ended up doing everything opposite of what I've known for years before that. Due diligence. Talked to pastors. Read book. Attended seminars. I traveled all the way to Virginia. I took my wife to go attend conference. A seminar on how to plant a church, read so many books. Some of the core people who are here, they will tell you, I forced all of them to read some books. You know, know, even books about how to manage renting a space, you will be shocked how much you need to know. You know, even in dealing with your landlord as a pastor, it's a huge, huge deal, and there are books written about that. Or just spaces, different spaces. What are the advantages of space? Using a movie theater, using a school, using an hotel. You know, many people want to start, they just go the first available space, they just go in there. And they're just, you know, and that is it about you. No matter what, you want to be a doctor, you want to be a nurse, you want to be an engineer, you know, you want to be this, you want to start a business. How about start hanging around people who have done them before? You know, start paying attention. I think most people in our age, We have a very short attention span. But that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. Many people, you listen 20 minutes, you just, you know, no, 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 no. You can't fulfill your dream that way. You have to be someone who can absorb information, who can absorb, who go places to absorb information. You know, the Bible talks about quick to hear, slow to speak. You know, and I talk to my wife about this all the time, that hearing... It's really not just about our ears. We hear with our eyes, even with our feeling. You absorb information. I believe that, that place is also, it's about absorbing information. It's not enough to go to places and to see that, wow, that church is great. That place is great. They painted it blue. Ah, maybe that's why people are coming. You just go and paint your own blue. <laughs> people make assumptions. They come to a church like this. Ah, that church is growing Ah. That's because the pastor is an engineer. People make, people make crazy assumptions. Isn't that true? They make crazy assumptions all the time. They go to a business, they see someone's success. Ah, he's successful because he's this. People don't take time to do due diligence. So I want to challenge you. If you're going to do due diligence, you have to be someone that is really willing to pay attention to details. I'll tell you, when we were going to build this building, people come to this church, they are amazed. The layout, how everything fits together. You're moving from one room to the other. Do you know how many churches we visited in New Jersey? You will not even believe it. I went with a lot of people. They can keep, was, went to churches, called them, ask them, we want to tour your church. We want to tour the place. We want to go behind the scene? What is in the scene? How do you do this? To the point of storage. You see, how, you see how we have so many storage in this church? It was not the original plan. It was not even there. Many of us who are work at c That was not in the original plan. It was in the tour, going behind the scene, and we're asking them, what did you regret after you finished building your building? And a lot of them, how we regretted not having enough storage. We, we revised the plan. You see, due diligence is so important. It lets you know what, is, what you need to do, how to prepare for exam. You want to take an exam? talk to people who have taken the exam. In everything you want to do, many of you, you want to do surgery, talk to people who have done the surgery or talk to doctors who have spent. Don't talk to one person, talk to so many people. Many of us don't do well in life in things we do because we don't do enough due diligence. Praise the name of Jesus. That's the first price. It's the price of due diligence. Hallelujah. Number 2 because of our time The next price we must pay is the price of personal discipline. Personal discipline. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14. I love what Apostle Paul says here. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining, I want you to say straining, towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, heavenward in Christ Jesus. Personal discipline is very important. Personal discipline. And personal discipline is something that many of us don't want to do. You know, many of us enjoy disciplining others. We are harder on other people than we are on ourselves. So many of us love discipline as long as we are the one administering the discipline. Many of us actually enjoy disciplining our children a lot but we don't discipline ourselves. When they try to point you out, you shut them down. All right? You know, many of us like to point at others. Why they are not doing well? You criticize everyone, criticize pastor, criticize government, criticize uh, everybody, criticize anyone for everything. But how about point the mirror on yourself? Are you doing enough? Many of us like to talk about other oh, people and no, They don't care. They don't care for the poor. How many poor have you cared for? Let's ask them. How many, how many people have you really, really helped? You yourself. Many of us, that's how we live. We, discipline is for other people. Me, I get to live the way I want to live. But that's not going to work if you're going to pursue your dream. Your dream is going to cost you personal discipline. You're going to have to discipline yourself. Apostle Paul said, I, I, I beat my body. You know, I beat my body. Personal discipline is very important. It must be your priority, all right? If you, you're, because your dream is going to, make, going to cost you, uh, you know, discipline. You know, you're going to be willing to pay that price. You're going to be willing to study. You're going to be willing to spend less. Some of you want to start business. You have no savings. You spend everything you have. If you, want, if you have a dream, why don't you invest into your dream? If you have a dream of buying a house, buying a car, or starting a business, how much are you putting aside every month, you know, to, to do it? You know, it takes personal discipline. You can't just go and buy what everybody's buying, you know, do what everybody's doing, you know, go to where everybody's going. It's going to take you some personal discipline. You're going to, you can't go to all the parties that you're invited to. Oh, I just don't want to make them angry. Oh, they're all my friends. No, no, no. Most parties, yeah, I go have more people than they really need. <laughs> you know, the problem of most people doing wedding is too many people to invite. They are praying that some people decline. They are praying. <laughs> yeah, they, are really, they have to invite you because you'll be mad. But they are hoping at least 20%, 50% will just say, you know, sorry, we can't make it. Oh, oh, yeah, we, we, we wish you were there. <laughs> And they get back into it say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's important to know, you can go to all parties. You can't go to everything. You can't do everything in the world. You must discipline yourself to create resources to fulfill your dream. You must. Whether it's financial resources, whether it's resources of time. Whether are resources of thinking, studying, anything you want to do, you need time for that. All right? So it's going to cost you personal discipline. Hallelujah. Proverbs 10.4 says, lazy hands make for poverty. But diligent hands bring wealth. Diligence is important. As Christians, I actually believe we should be the most diligent people. We should be the most disciplined people. We should be the people who, want, who manage our time the best. You see, you can't do everything that unbelievers do. You know, you can't, you can't and still want to serve God, you, want to, you end up not being able to do anything. That's the problem. You end up not being able, we can't have our own parties and we spend 10 hours there like the people of the world do, even on simple things like that. It can be done in three hours because we have a higher calling of our lives. We have, we have a higher calling. We can't do everything the world does the way they do it, on top of coming to church, serving God, worshiping God, doing evangelism, and we expect things to go right. No, our life will be jacked up. It will be jacked up. I mean, that's the fact. You know, it will be. You know, so it will not be normal. You know, so we should be more disciplined people. You know, I mean, you're going to wake up in the morning, come to church you know, on Sunday morning, that means you do a little, you spend, find a little time on Saturday to rest or something, you know, or you don't go, you don't watch all the shows in the evening and go to bed 1 a.m. on Sunday, I mean on Saturday, you know, you have a higher calling over your life, right? So you don't want to be beat up, jacked up, messed up, can't think, irritated, angry at everybody, you know. Just because, you know, life is crazy, you are busy. No, 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 no. Personal discipline. Praise the name of Jesus. Personal discipline in how we eat. Oh, looks like that. That touched some nerves. Wow. Okay, let me move on, let me move on, let me move on. We, we, we get the healthcare people to deal with that. Hallelujah. The next price you are going to pay is the price of life as usual. Look, people will go and read. I love reading stories of achievers. People will do great things. And in whatever. And not necessarily the one we hear about. Even the one we don't hear about. All right? People will do great things. It is because they sacrifice life as usual. You see, life as usual is life as comfortable. Life as people have defined them around us. You see, you cannot love the status quo and still fulfill your dream. You cannot. And I'm telling you that. If you want to be the best, you can't be like the rest. Jesus said you are, you are a peculiar people. See, you are a special people. You know, you are called for, you are sanctified, you are set apart. You know, you are different. You know, so you must be willing to sacrifice life as usual. You know, usual is no longer your own standard. If you are going to fulfill your dream, if you are going to grow a business, I mean, go ask someone who has ever run a successful business. They wake up early, you know, They don't sleep till 8 a.m., most of them, sleep at 8 and sleep 12 hours a day, you know, spend two hours a day watching TV, you know, and go to work and dream that they are going to own a business one day. That is going to be a dream, a dream forever that will never come to pass. You see, life as usual is actually life as defined by some people. And you know one thing about discipline, you know, going back about discipline as a, regular way of living. You actually get used to them. You Actually get used to them. And you actually start liking them. You start liking your life. You start seeing that there's something good about being different. There's something good about being different. In fact, most of the people who make fun of you because you are different is because they envy your life. It's because your being different exposes their being normal. Have you noticed that? It exposes them. And the people like, they like to drag you into the model that we're all together because it feels good when we are all just doing nothing. We are all not doing, you know, we are all. Now, once you see that you are stepping up, you are not, you know, you are spending your lunch time to go study a little bit instead of all, you know, you are doing something different. They start attacking you. They start really saying, what's wrong with you? You think you're better than us now? You know, what's up? Yeah. You know what? You're exposing them because they wish they can do it and they cannot or they don't want to. They don't want to pay any price. So if you want to pay the price, there must be something different you're going to do. Life as usual, you must forgo it. Praise the name of Jesus. So success-minded people know what they know that they must willingly set aside instant gratification for that which comes later. Because your dream is about the future. So there is a price to pay now. You're willing to set aside instant gratification. They know that it may take years before they see their dream come true, but they will spend those years working on it every day. Set aside time, you know, to work on your dream. Set aside time, you know, to work on your... If you want to write a book, write it gradually. Set aside time. If you want to study to study gradually, do something, get a coach, get someone to teach you, get someone to help you, get someone to hold you accountable, all right? Do it, and you are going to see that you are going to, you know, we have an enormous capacity as humans. Our brain, I mean, when I think about how people come up with things, how people study, I mean, look at people who just study the planet alone, Study. I mean, you read some of these things, you're just like, how did people come up with this? It, it shows that our mental capacity is so great if we are willing to stretch it. If we are willing to stretch it, it is so great, it is so powerful, it is so enormous. But we must willing to forego life as usual, we must willing to forego, you know, instant gratification. You know, for a price of something greater in future. Praise the name of Jesus. The last thing I'm going to talk about is number four, is the price of failure. Price of failure. Many people don't try because they are so afraid to fail. All right? They're so afraid to fail, so they rather don't attempt anything great in order to to protect themselves, right? You know, it's so easy to just do some routine things because you can't really fail in that. If all you attempt to do in life are things that you cannot fail, then you're not going to do anything meaningful. You don't take any exam that is bigger than you. Many of us are underperformers in order to avoid failure. So you are going to do greater things because you are willing to take the risk. Of failure. Go for bigger things. Yeah, that risk is always there, but it's the price you pay. It's the price you pay. Thomas Edison, who is from New Jersey, in his attempt to create, uh, invent light bulb, you know, practice it, you see, 999 times, you know, that's the, you know, story, before he got it right. Can you just imagine? You are trying to do something and you did it over and over again. and it, I mean, just imagine that and fail. And he did it failed, fail. And after he got, he was successful, he said, well, that's not failure. I learned 999 times not to do it. All right? Not to do it. And that's, that's life. Have you started a business and he failed? That doesn't mean you are not called to business. No? Try something else. Or try it again. In fact, I was watching someone, I think it was Steve Harvey or something that said this. It was a very, very powerful statement he made. He was talking about backup plan. He talked about backup plan. And they asked him, is it good to have a plan and a backup plan? And he said, that's wrong. He said, before you develop a backup plan, you actually have to take time off your original plan to go and develop a backup plan. All right? So instead of spending time to develop, spend all that energy to work on your main plan, right? If that plan fails, then get another original plan. And I thought this is amazing. I mean, that's, you see, many of us have three plans you're working on at the same time, over the same thing. I mean, you would never be able to give one of them the best you have, right? So you're working on this plan, if this plan fails, Just imagine, oh, you're working on this, if this one plays. No, 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 no. He said, have a plan. And that plan is the dream that God has put. Work on it with all your heart. All right? If it fails, usually there's always an adjustment of it you can make and give it your all. So don't live a divided life. All right? The price is a price of failure. Be, Be willing to fail because you are pursuing your dream. It's a good failure. Don't just succumb to failure, you know. Don't succumb to it. The Bible says the righteous man falls seven times, right? Arise again. Don't give up. If your goal, if your dream is to live a holy life and you keep sinning, don't give up. Don't give up. You know, sometimes defeating may be an addiction. Defeating may be something like that. that I mean, that, that could be a very difficult thing. Because you fail over and over and over. Maybe you're addicted to, you know, gambling. You know, you're addicted to pornography. You're addicted to, you know, you know all kinds of vaping or drugs, all kinds of things these days that the enemy uses to really hinder us. You know, the re- you know, most of these addictions, they just prevent us from being us. They drain your energy, your emotional energy, your spiritual energy. They drain them. All right? So if you're trying to defeat that, for example, you don't give up. You don't give up. Keep going at it. You know, one thing about it is, one day something happens, you're going to realize that you are free. All right? If your dream is to get healed of a sickness and disease, don't. Oh, yeah, I've been to several services. We had a testimony uh, from a sister the last uh, Super Sunday we had, who has been believing God for healing. For five years or so. I mean, attended all services, attended all healing service until the night vigil we had, which didn't even look like anything special. And that healing took place in that night vigil. So don't give up on anything. All right? You know, don't the, the fact that you have failed, you have been prayed for, you know, something has happened, you know, you have attempted, it is not a reason to give up. You know, failure is many times the price we pay, all right? Many of us, your attempt is to, you know, help other people. You help a few people, you know, they disappoint you. That's failure. And you said, I'm not going to do it anymore. I give up. No, don't give up. You know, you try to enter and get a job in a certain field, you know, that God has put in your heart that that's really where you need to go. You've applied 500 times, you know, and you've been rejected. Don't give up. Right, right, don't give up on it. Keep going at it. You might need to make adjustments. You might need to learn lessons. You know, why the interview didn't go through. You might need to get review. You might need to get coaching. You might need to see how you, but don't, but giving up is not an option. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, giving up is not your option. <laughs> because you are not of that stock. You know, as believers, we are not of that stock. We are of the stock of people who stay through. Until we fulfill our our goal. And by the grace of God, you will fulfill your goal. Your dream shall come to pass. In the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to rise up. I like to pray. I like to pray. and wrap up this. I like to pray. I know many of us, you know, you have dreams. You have goals. You have visions. You have things in your heart. They've been there for many, many years. God has put them there. Many of you have attempted them. They failed. You know, many of them, many of some of us are discouraged, down, downcast. You know, maybe you're in the middle of it, it's taking longer than, than it should. You know, I'd like to pray for you today that God will release his supernatural grace over your life. I want you to place your hands on your chest as I pray for you. I want you to place your hands on your chest. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I invite you here. I invite you that you flow flow through this congregation now and flow through every heart. I'm asking for a special impartation, a special impartation of your anointing over these ones now. Those dreams you have placed in their hearts, they are your plan and purpose. I'm praying for supernatural grace to protect them. No arrow of the enemy shall be able to destroy them. Father I come against every enemy of their dream. Be it external, be it internal, I stand against you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And I'm releasing the grace to do whatever it takes. I come against every spirit of discouragement. I come against every spirit that, you know, of weakness that weakens, that that, that causes people to stop. I come against them in the name of Jesus. Amen. I release supernatural grace from above over your life right now in the mighty name of Jesus. You will not fail. You will not falter. You will not stumble. You will keep standing. You will keep standing until you fulfill your goal, until your dreams come to pass. That dream that God has placed in your heart shall come to pass, shall be realized, shall be fulfilled. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen Amen and amen. God bless you.